So he is a Ivy League professor promoting, I guess this is the new sexuality. I guess this is going to be soon be a part of the 2 LGBTQIA B. I guess they're going to put another B in there for bestiality. And folks are going to now be saying that they're born that way, they identify that way, and they're attracted to their beasts. Oh, my word. This world has gone bonkers. bonkers. Thank you for tuning in to the Removing Barriers podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm MCG. And we're attempting to remove barriers so we can all have a clear view of the cross. This is episode 150 of the Removing Barriers podcast. And this is the fifth in the series of This World Has Gone Bonkers. And in this episode, we have lined up a number of articles that we think will show that this world is bonkers. Hi, this is Jay. MCG and I would like for you to help us remove barriers by going to removingbarriers.net and subscribing to receive all things Removing Barriers. If you'd like to take your efforts a bit further and help us keep the mics on, consider donating at removingbarriers.net slash donate. Removing Barriers, a clear view of the cross. All right, Jay, I'll start with a Fox News article. Well, I saw it on Fox first, but then I saw it on several other news platform. The title of the article is Court Orders Abortion for 11-Year-Old who said pregnancy made her feel special. This one going to be a doozy. A UK judge ordered a pregnant 11-year-old to get an abortion, ruling that termination was the girl's best interest, according to local media reports. Court documents stemming from a private hearing last month have since been publicly released and showed that a 10-year-old girl only identify as AZ, or oh, I'm sure in UK there was the AZ, <laughs> was raped by a 14-year-old boy she met online. She was reportedly raped a few weeks later by another 14-year-old boy after her 11th birthday, the Independent reported. She became pregnant after being raped by a 14-year-old she met on the internet when she was age 10. On the 18th, or the 21st of May, 2023. London High Court Judge Emma Abutnot, I'm not quite sure about the pronunciation of that, known professionally as Mrs. Justice Abutnot, said in her ruling, she was raped by another 14-year-old boy on the 11th of June, 2023, but he did not make her pregnant. Now, at the risk of not being eloquent enough to explain what I'm about to explain, when they said that she was raped, they don't mean that she was forced against her will to do something that she didn't want to do. It was rape because of her age and she's not old enough to give consent. But based upon the article and what I've looked into, it doesn't seem like it was something that this 10, 11-year-old girl did not want to participate in. She said she wanted to participate in the action, but it's considered rape, which I agree, it is rape because of her age. Just want to put that out there. She was about 14 weeks and six days pregnant during the hearing and told the court she was happy 
with the pregnancy according to the son. When the many risks of continuing with the pregnancy was explained to her, AZ said she was happy to be pregnant and wanted to continue with it, the judge said. Her views involved naive, magical thinking in her approach to the pregnancy, the judge added. AZ explained the pregnancy made her feel special, according to Abutnat, and her mother supported AZ's position. A health board, however, applied for declaration that termination of the pregnancy would be in her best interest. A mental health consultation additionally argued that the girl lacked competence to carry through with the pregnancy, and a team of health specialists said the birth posed serious health risks to the girl, the son reported. Now, there was a similar situation like this in New York in 2019, where an 11-year-old girl was pregnant. She did went through and have the baby and had a healthy baby. So I'm not quite sure why they're saying here that she can't have the baby because of whatever, but of course we don't know her medical history here. The judge agreed with the expert and ordered the girl to get an abortion, which was scheduled for this week. And this is back in October of 2023. The risks of AZ are significant. I was particularly struck by the evidence about the impact of the size of AZ autonomy. Whereas many adult women would struggle with the pain of childbirth, a child of 11 is likely to have a much worse experience, the judge said. Is that reportedly accept the proposal of terminating the pregnancy, but wanted experts to make the decision, the son reported. Abadat, which is a judge, said there's a risk the girl will just become pregnant again after going through with the abortion. The mother made the telling point to the social worker that there was a risk that if AZ pregnancy was terminated, she would just go out and become pregnant again, she wrote. For some reason, the parent do not appear to be able to prevent this. The judge ordered investigators to collect tissue from the girl's placenta for forensic testing as part of the criminal investigation into the alleged rape. Now, based on everything I just read there, that's kind of why I said that I don't think it was a rape of force it was a rage of age what they call that statutory rape so there's so many angles on this first we can talk about the abortion portion of it where they're basically forcing her to kill another human being because something terrible happened to her again don't know the medical history of az but i doubt that she would die if she preserved the life of her baby you can talk about the parent angle the parent said that if she terminated the pregnancy, she would just go out there and get pregnant again. She's 11. She's 11. And she just go out there and get pregnant again. <sighs> this is just bonkers. I, I don't even know what to say. To, well, I know what to say, but she's 11. And the mom said if she terminated the pregnancy, she would just go out there and get pregnant again. And, of course, we can go the angle of let the child choose. Isn't that what the big thing is today? Children can choose. They can choose that they are transgender. They can choose to mutilate their bodies. But they can't choose to have a baby that this love knows claims she wants. I guess none of these angles are really a good angle because this child is obviously not being raised in a proper home. The judge is probably beside herself. The experts are probably all left-wing and say, hey, get rid of the baby. But no one mentioned the well-being of a child. Why is it that the judge consented that the girl will just go out there and get pregnant again. The mother said the girl would just go out there and get pregnant again. 
but no one is talking about the well-being of the child. A 11-year-old is pregnant. She got raped at 10, raped at 11. And no one is talking about that aspect of it from boys she met on the internet. It's not hard to take a computer and a phone away from a child. I don't know. You're a woman. You tell me. I think that if a 10-year-old is engaging in this type of behavior and is seeking it out, that's indicative of some type of abuse that she was exposed to as a child. Someone or someone either is or had been abusing her. And so she's pursuing these adult and mature things only because some perverted adult showed her how. I'm not saying that children are 100% innocent and pure in this, but I am saying that when a child is overtly sexual, that typically means that that child was either was abused or sexually assaulted in some way for them to behave that way. And so for the judge or for anyone involved to turn a blind eye to it and simply say, okay, the solution is to terminate the pregnancy, that completely baffles me. There's obviously so much more going on there. And when you consider the mother's response or whoever's responsible for her, that just shows a complete failure of the government system to protect children. The parents failed in protecting her. They're obviously not doing anything to curb these unnaturally awakened desires in this 10-year-old. And even in the hands of the law or in the eyes of the law, the only solution is to terminate the only, the innocent one here, the baby. I suppose the judge might be thinking, okay, what kind of life and what kind of upbringing will this baby have? What house will this baby be born into? More than likely, this child is going to be used and abused as this 10-year-old more than likely was. And so perhaps the judge is thinking that abortion is more of a merciful step, more of a merciful thing to keep this baby from being born into such craziness. Mm. Yeah, this one is bonkers because, you know, the Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 10 and 23, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says also in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And sometimes I think we know those verses in our head that we are all sinners and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But when we see it play out to a degree like this, mm-hmm. you almost want to ask how. How does someone sink to this level of depravity? And of course, all of us can sink to that level of depravity. But I'm thinking about that. And I'm not even talking about so much of the child. I'm talking about of the mother. Mm. And the other end of the spectrum with the father. Because the father wasn't mentioned in the article. And the mother is just saying, well, she's just going to go out there again. I can imagine a dad would not want to see his 10-year-old, 11-year-old girl, baby, be abused in this way. Provided the father wasn't the one doing the assaulting. Well, yeah, I guess we don't know that, but yeah. Anyways, what do you have for us? Ay, that was really dark. Let's see if I could pull us out into something a little bit brighter. Like the United States Marine Corps University program bringing gender ideology into war fighting. We have an article here from, let's see, it's actually multiple sources, but I'm going to read the one from Breitbart. Texas representative... Chip Roy moves to defund the Marine Corps University for pushing woke propaganda. 
essentially what's happening here in this particular instance is that the Marine Corps University is a professional military education university or system that trains active duty Marines in all things war fighting. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, it's not just active duty Marines, but and it's not just Marines either. I think any service member can attend. I need to double check on that. But it's essentially a warfighting university. And one of the programs at Marine Corps University is called the Reynolds Scholars Program, which I'm going to read directly from the Marine Corps University website. This is the General Krulak Center for Warfighting, the Brute Krulak Center for Innovation and Future Warfare Scholars Programs. This is basically the central tenet, if you would. Okay, you know how the universities have different colleges beneath them? That's what this is similar to. You have Marine Corps University, and then you have all of these different colleges within the MCU that teach various aspects of warfighting. So you could have one center for warfighting, one center for different research topics like cyber warfare. Maybe one is about special ops and the other college Mm -hmm. is about like the Space Force and that kind of thing. Intelligence, that kind of thing. Anyway, one of the centers in one of the colleges at Marine Corps University is called the Brute Krulak Center for Innovation and Future Warfare. And one of the scholarships and scholar things that they have in that particular center is called the Renard Scholars Program. And its focus is the advancement of the women, peace and security effort within professional military education. And some of the things that this particular scholarly endeavor seeks to answer, some of the questions it seeks to answer is, what is gender? How is it different from biological sex? How are war narratives constructed through gender discourse? <laughs> How can we imagine nonviolent masculinities and the, and the role they might play in conflict? How might the Marine Corps' strategic narrative be problematic? Why don't we think of diversity as a strength? How do we, quote, do diversity in the Department of Defense? What is problematic about the branding? How do we reconcile gender consequences and gender causes? And so what Chip Roy is saying, what Representative Roy is saying is, our warfighters just need to know how to kill people and blow stuff up. They need to learn how to fight war. We don't need all of this, what he called, woke ideology and woke nonsense. And interestingly enough, it's hard now that he's brought this to light. It's hard to find information on the Reynolds program at the MCU without doing a lot of digging, whereas it wasn't like that before. In fact, the difference between when I initially did research on this and looking at it now, it's hard to find information. I suppose the Marine Corps maybe got some blowback on this because they actually doubled down when Marines realized what was happening, when other service members and civilians realized what was happening, the Marine Corps was ridiculed for it. The Marine Corps has a reputation of being like the tough war fighting, they go in there and blow stuff up type guys and gals. I was one, of course. But now that they've seen that woke ideology has crept into even the university halls of the Marine Corps, Marine Corps kind of got dragged for it. Initially, they doubled down. And whoever was managing the Twitter or X account for the Marine Corps University actually bit back and said, you know, we don't need people like you in our Marine Corps. Go ahead and unsubscribe. And if you don't see why this is necessary, you're a stain on our Marine Corps history. And everybody's like, are you serious? And so this is actually not going down well anyway for the Marine Corps, which is probably why they've taken away a lot of the information about the Reynolds Scholars Program. It's now being done kind of quietly under the radar. But I was able 
to dig up information about what this is. This is actually a response to the passage of the Women, Peace and Security Act of 2017. This particular act was passed by Congress. Basically, what it seeks to do is to identify how war fighting should be addressed through female perspective. Even though females are not doing the bulk of the war fighting, they want the women to weigh in on this particular issue. They justify it by saying the United States faces a complex global security environment characterized by instability, conflict, and record levels of displacement, well-armed non-state actors, and great power competition. The U.S. strategy on women, peace and security of the WPS of 2019 focuses on improving the effectiveness of our foreign policy and assistance efforts across the board by proactively integrating the needs and perspectives of women and empowering women to meaningfully participate in the decision making processes at all levels of international peace, security and prosperity. And so this is the State Department's effort to implement their plan to carry out the vision of this act of Congress that was passed in 2017. And so the strategy is 20 pages long. And so I'm not going to read all of it, but essentially what they want, take all of the diversity, equity and inclusion nonsense that we are struggling against in this country and project it onto other nations. And the idea there is that if you don't implement this ideology, even though you're not America, even though you're not a Western country, even if you don't have those same values and ideas, the funding, the assistance, all of that sort of thing is tied to it and you may not have access to it. That is one way that can be evaluated. That makes sense as to why when one of these, I can't remember which measure was trying to be passed, I think it might have been a bill to keep Congress open. One of the things that they slipped into what they call these omnibus bills is Like, I can't remember how much it was, but it was several hundred thousand dollars, if not millions of dollars to give to Pakistan for gender ideology education. And I suppose it's in line with the implementation for the strategy for women, peace and security. So this is something that's being pushed onto the United States and onto the countries from the top down. This is coming from the White House. This is coming from Congress and it's infiltrated our professional fighting organizations, the Marine Corps being, in my opinion, the premier of them. And so to me, this is bonkers because we're not in the business of women, peace and security, DEI inclusion, and none of that woke nonsense in war fighting. We shouldn't be, but here we are. And as a former Marine, I take personal offense to this. Yeah, I guess China and Russia are laughing all the way to victory. You know, they are actively engaging in this. I don't remember what exactly what they call it. But it is an effort to prop up, revitalize and encourage manhood and their populations. Right. And while we are feminized and weakened by this ideology, and this isn't just happening in our schools, this is happening in the university levels of our professional military organizations. Every yeah. single commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps has to have a bachelor's degree. And so not only are they being indoctrinated in the college system of the United States, because all of our colleges are pretty much woke unless you're going to a conservative Christian college, not only are they being indoctrinated at that level, when they pursue further education at, say, Marine Corps University, let's go say, for example, at the Krulak Center for Warfighting or Innovation in Warfighting, 
they're being indoctrinated there as well. And so it's going to come to a point where this is not even contended anymore. This is just going to be how everyone thinks. And Marines are supposed to just fall in line. Yeah, if you look at the ads for China military and Russian military compared to the ads we're seeing currently for the U.S. military, sure, you can tell a big difference. You know, China and Russia is promote men being men, manly men, and the United States military is showing that you can be a jag queen at night and a soldier at day sort of thing. It wasn't always like that. You know, you get to go back to the old army commercials where I remember they have many slogans where you said they're strong and then there's army strong and all these other stuff. I think it was the Navy where you know, I have two mommies or whatever it was. Right. Then the Marine Corps had always had very strong commercials as well. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, it's sad when it got that far. But anyway. If I could just mention one thing. I understand that there is a need to address the very specific challenges that women face in light of war. When women and children are displaced, they are particularly vulnerable to attacks by monsters, men who have, say, men who have no qualms and no restraints when it comes to attacking or brutalizing others. We'll just call them monsters. I understand that there's a need for that. But to promote something that has clearly been destructive in this country, such as feminism, DEI, woke culture in general, and everything that Bucket encompasses, to promote that as the only answer and to force it from the top down, I think will have disastrous consequences, not just for the United States, but for the people they're purportedly trying to help. The women that are displaced, the children that are displaced that they're purportedly trying to help. Yeah, that's one thing. But also... I don't think women should even be involved in warfare. I think they can be assistant in maybe being a nurse or being, you know, cooks or whatever. But in being active in warfare, being in an infantry, I don't think that women should be there. But of course, I've never been in military. No, I've heard testimonies where they were in Afghanistan and they would have women with them so the woman can search a woman and the men can search a man and stuff like that. But that still wasn't necessarily active warfare, I guess. But at the same time, I think it reflects poorly on a nation when they put in women in the front line. And I don't think China and Russia are putting their women in the front line. You know, so anyways, I think that the U.S. probably need to consider this whole thing where women are being part of the military. I don't have any girls, but if I had a girl, I would not be approving of her joining the military in any aspect. Yeah. I also think it's a place for a woman to be. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even encourage my boys to join the military, but that's a different topic in terms of if they want to go, I probably would not be as strongly opposed of it as I would if I had a girl. I just don't think it's a place for a woman to be. But Okay, so it looks like this particular effort is meant to allow women in the decision-making process in all matters of war fighting so that when it comes to policies, say the U.S. military puts out or other countries that we are allied with put out, that they are mindful of the needs of the women that will be affected. I don't see a problem with that, except we have seen what happens when this type of ideology is forced from the top down. As it's happening in this country right now, it's destructive. And so basically what they're saying is that the goal is, quote, to increase women's meaningful participation in the political, civic and military processes to prevent and resolve conflicts, prepare for disasters, and set conditions for stability during post-conflict and post-crisis efforts. And so they want to increase women's access to government 
to particularly military help in times of war and in times of disaster, wherein the military would be called in. I could see the intent there. But again, the problem is that when you're forcing this, number one, it's increasing the size of the government, obviously. But also, number two, the only way that they see fit to enforce this is through the woke DEI intersectionality, you know, you name it, that entire bucket of things. And that's what I think is completely problematic. And this absolutely happened with hardly a person knowing if Trip Roy hadn't mentioned it on the Senate floor or on the floor in Congress. He's in the House. In the House, right. Of course, he's a representative. But if he hadn't mentioned it, it's significantly likely that not a single American would have known about it, except for the ones who are actually dealing with it, i.e. the people who are at the Krulak Center, the people at the MCU. No one would have known that this infectious disease called wokeism is even in our professional military education institutions. Yeah, I would agree. You're listening to the Removing Barriers podcast. We are discussing some bunkers articles. We'll be right back. Do you have the desire to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints? Answers in Genesis can help. They provide biblically sound books, CDs, DVDs, homeschooling materials, VBS materials, online courses, digital downloads, and the Answers magazine, and more. Plus, tickets to the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter. Go to the Answers Bookstore by clicking the link in the description section below so you too can be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason of the hope that is in you. Hi, this is Jay. MCG and I would like for you to help us remove barriers by going to removingbarriers.net and subscribing to receive all things Removing Barriers. If you'd like to take your efforts a bit further and help us keep the mics on, consider donating at removingbarriers.net slash donate. Removing Barriers, a clear view of the cross. All right, I have a second article again from Fox News. So I guess Fox News is dominating mine, Bunker's articles for this episode. The title of it is High School Students Walk Out of Class in Protest of Transgender Bathroom Policy. They ignored us. Students at a Virginia high school in Lauden County Public Schools walked out in protest of the district gender policy that allows non-binary, gender-fluid, and transgender students to use whichever school bathrooms and locker rooms they want based on their chosen gender. Now, the Lauden County Public School, if you remember, is the same school in Virginia that allowed a young man who claimed he was transgendered, he was now a girl, to use the girl's bathroom and raped, I think, an 11-year-old or 12-year-old girl, or at least sexually abused her more than once. And the father ended up in jail because I think he may have attacked someone at the school or something. I don't remember exactly the story, but I guess Lauden County Public School never learns that. I think it was when in 2000 and probably 21, when the Republican Governor General won election, that they actually brought charges against this young man because the school and the county kind of just ignored it and moved him to a different school. And now... Students have to walk out because now they're still allowing non-binary, gender-fluid, and transgender people to use whichever bathroom they want to use. Guess they never learn. Around 50 to 100 students at Woodgrove High School in Percival, Virginia, participated in the walkout to protest Policy 8040, which the Lauderdale County School Board implemented in 2021. ABC WJLA reported 
The students said they wanted LCPS to revert a policy that provided female and male-only spaces, including bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers. In the locker rooms in the morning is an invasion of privacy, as I said, because when men and natural-born males are in our locker rooms and they are showering in the morning, natural-born females can walk in there as they please. One male high school student told WJLA, and that is not okay, and it goes against what we believe. A female student told a local news outlet she stopped using the bathroom at school because of the policy, calling it a massive safety risk that LCPS doesn't do anything about. Well, I think I'm agreeing with the students here. We expressed these concern and they ignored us and write us off as right-wing crazies, she said. We are not crazy. We just don't want to be in danger on a daily basis in this building. I think it's people's finally stepping up and just being sick of it. We are sick of being here and just being completely ignored. I stopped using them, the bathrooms, because I don't know what's going to happen to me in there. And people can be like, oh, well, that's paranoid. I'm telling you right now, half the women in this building feel the same way. She added, we don't use the bathrooms. We hold our pee until we can't. I mean, there are girls in pee, physical education class, who still get changed in the bathroom stalls in there because they are afraid who might walk in. Another male student told WJLA that he would like to be able to change after football practice and not feel uncomfortable that other genders are watching him. I feel that girls feel the same way about the situation. How would you feel if you were a female changing with a male? He asks. Some counter-possessors wave pride flags in support of the bathroom policy the outlet reported. I'm here to support all the children. One of them told WJLA, no matter who they are, yours, mine, all of them. One student said the entire school should be part of the walkout. But another explained, there are a lot of people who are scared to speak out against it. So they stayed inside because they don't want to see the backlash. Loudoun County Schools responded to a request for comment telling the Fox News Digital the Loudoun County School Board will follow this established process in its review of the latest model policies issued by the Virginia Department of Education. Policy 8040 is currently on the review, along with new model policies by student services. So there you have it. Loudoun County Public Schools are at it again. As I said earlier, this is the same county and the same school board that allowed a young lady to be raped all in the name of pride. Now the students are saying they're sick of it, they're fed up, and they're walking out. And I agree with the students. You know, the Bible says in Judges 2 verse 10, and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after him, which knew not the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. A lot of time you look at that verse in a negative because we see a generation rising up, not following the standards and, the, and following the Lord as their fathers did. I wonder if there can be a generation that actually rose up and served the Lord out of all this mess that we are seeing. But if that's going to be the case, we do have our work cut out for us to share the gospel. But I'm glad to see that at least the current generation probably will be Generation Z or Generation Alpha, or whatever it is, that are in school now, teenagers in school now, that they're actually standing up against this thing because at least there's a glimmer of hope, I guess. So in light of this backlash, has the Loudoun County public school systems response been to double down? They're sitting on the follow the they're, policy. 
So I guess unless, so they're not, unless something change, they're not. They're still going to allow. They're gonna allow you to be identified by whatever gender and change whatever body you feel identified with your gender, which is weird because again, this gender stuff is so weird because if gender is so fluid and all these things, why is it that you can't say okay, biologically I'm a female, my gender, <laughs> my gender is a man or male or whatever they want to put it. This is it's just so messed up. But I'm going to use the bathroom align with my sex rather than align with my gender. This thing is all over the place because they Nonsense. claim that gender is all can be a hundred or something different genders. But when it comes to the bathroom, they choose between male or female. Yeah, but see, it's only selective, though, when it suits them, because we were just covering the Women, Peace and Security Act that I just found out came actually from the U.N., and the United States is implementing their strategy in response to that. That was back 20 years ago when the UN implemented this. But see how they said that they want women in the discussion when it comes to war fighting and how does gender influence the discourse and how does it decide or the other? It suits them right now at that particular moment for them to be focusing on how women see this thing. See, when it comes to war and when it comes to things where they want to exert their influence, Gender is absolutely solid. But when it comes to this thing here, deciding who can use the bathrooms, it's fluid. They seem to allow it to be fluid or set depending on what they want. Whatever creates the most upheaval will allow them to use or weaponize gender how they see fit. And it just seems to me to be a deliberate attack and a deliberate attempt to upset the current system, to upset the status quo, to create dissonance and confusion and dissension so that when the current system is toppled, they are perfectly positioned and primed to take over as the new, quote, hegemony. That's what it seems to be, because when it comes to certain things, there are men and there are women, as we discussed in the women, peace and security thing. But when it comes to what children can do with their bodies and what bathrooms they feel like they should use, gender is fluid. So it's completely nonsense. And they weaponize it based on whatever point they want to come across and whatever agenda they want to push at whatever particular moment. Yeah, you're totally correct. Okay, my last article here. And I hope I'm not going to frighten anyone. I hope that everyone listening is putting their faith and their trust in the Lord so as not to allow the government to scare them into nonsense as they did three years ago when the pandemic was unleashed on the planet. But we have this from The Sun. China brings back masks and social distancing in a chilling echo of lockdown over mystery breakout four years on from COVID. So what's happening in China right now is that there's a mysterious illness that is ravaging children in Beijing and another Chinese city. I apologize, I'm going to mispronounce this, but outbreaks in Beijing and Liaoning. I apologize if I mispronounced that, but in Chinese cities, Beijing and Liaoning, that's affecting children. It's this pneumonia caused by, and I'm going to mispronounce this as well, mycoplasma pneumonia is circulating. And China insists that it's just the seasonal flu. It's normal. It's not pandemic. It's not anything crazy. It's just that a lot of children are being affected. It's causing a lot of pneumonia in children in China at this time. And they're concerned that this is going to be another outbreak. There is also an outbreak happening right now in the UK. There's two different outbreaks. One is a bear bug and the other, or might be bug bear, 
and the other is a swine flu that they are concerned that is outbreaking in the UK. And so everyone is still, we've only just recovered, if we can say that we've recovered at all, from the 2019 pandemic. And four years later, there's a possibility that another outbreak might be sweeping across the nations. And it might turn out to be nothing, but I think perhaps this has a lot of people on high alert because when the pandemic broke out in 2019, China said the same thing. Oh, you know, we got this under control. We got this. We got this. Turned out they didn't. And everyone, literally everyone in the world was affected by COVID-19. So areas in the north of the country, such as Beijing and Liaoning, have been hit the hardest with this particular disease that is affecting children primarily. With reports emerging last week that hospitals are being overwhelmed with sick children. It's a common bacterial infection called mycoplasma pneumoniae. It's been circulating since May, but now it's showing up in full effect. Now that the weather has cooled down, this is flu season. And so it's showing up. It's overrepresented in the cases of pneumonia in children in China right now. It's also called the white lung syndrome. Many parents are deeply worried and they're having to wait at least a day for emergency care. That's how overwhelmed these Chinese medical facilities are. China continues to insist that it's just the flu and it's just the usual winter bugs and it's not a new virus and they can cope with it. Again, I have very little confidence in China saying they have control over something. It's not me being racist. It's just me remembering what they unleashed on the world back in 2019 and how our government responded by shutting everything down and causing almost irreparable damage to both the economy and to people who were negatively affected by COVID-19, both socially and economically, and in some children's cases academically, because the schools were shut down and a lot of children fell behind. Local authorities, the article continues, local authorities are being called upon to open up more fever clinics and to promote vaccine uptake among children and the elderly. Quote, efforts should be made to increase the opening of relevant clinics and treatment areas to extend their service hours and to increase the supply of medicines, one of the Chinese spokesmen called Mi Feng said, and that's a direct quote from him. And so it seems like a lot of people are concerned that perhaps this is another pandemic that might take off if China does not truly have this under control as they claim they do. And so this is bonkers. Because we just got over this, and here we are again. Well, we're 11 months away from another general presidential election in the U.S. Biden doesn't seem to be all there in terms of being able to win. And there's a lot of pushback against, at least on the Republican side, against mail-in ballots. And the Republicans probably need something to generate the fear so people can agree to mail-in ballots again. So China... (laughs) What's his name? Xi Jinping gave him him the nod the other day when they met in San Francisco. And China is doing their bid to get Biden to stay in the White House. You know, I think that our listeners need to see the tenfold hat on your head. Although I will say the way things have been these last few years, the difference between a conspiracy and the truth is about three to six months, it seems. So you actually might not be that far off. How else can they successfully push mail-in ballot voting? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think that the U.S. population is going to buy this thing again, and I don't think it's going to go much further than what it is right now. You know, so I'll... I'd like to be optimistic and say that the U.S. wouldn't fall for it again, but I was surprised to see how many people bent the knee back in 2019. 
and allowed the government free reign to do what they did. The American people allowed themselves to be run over. Now, thankfully, they woke up and said, hey, this is nonsense. But this is two, three years after the fact. I still go to Walmart in 2023 and see people walking around with masks on their faces. I see people driving around in their cars alone with masks on their faces. So people are spooked enough. And so perhaps there might still be something there. They might still be able to weaponize this. But of course, China's saying this is just the seasonal flu. It's just a little more, you know, overrepresented than usual, but it's no new virus and that things are under control and that they've got it. They say that they've got it under control. I'm not convinced. But and this, of course, is bonkers in the sense that at least in our lifetime, we've never seen a pandemic to the degree that we saw in 2019 because very few of us were alive for the Spanish flu 120 some years ago. But I hope that anyone listening to this podcast and hearing all of this bad news remembers how God is absolutely in control and it doesn't surprise him that there are outbreaks here and outbreaks there. Just a couple of days ago, we were reading in 2 Samuel 24, where Israel was punished for David's sin of carrying out a census. And he had the option of seven years of famine or several months of being defeated by their enemies, or a few days of a plague, and he chose the plague. And I'm not saying that God is just ruthlessly killing people with the plague. What I am saying is that 70,000 people died as a result of the pestilence that swept that nation. Again, I'm not saying that God is just wielding pestilences, killing people left and right because he's malicious or anything like that, but he is absolutely in control. There's not a single microbe that moves from one person to the next without the Lord God knowing and without the Lord God being in control. So when you consider that, ultimately, God is in absolute control. There's no need for anyone to panic or to allow the government to overstep its bounds and tell you how to live your life and tell you when you can go to church and when you can't go to church and what you should wear on your face and what you can't wear on your face, where you can go and where you don't go. The person that we are to fear, the one that we are to fear is Almighty God. And so particularly Americans, since we have the freedom to push back against our government, not allow the government to overstep its bounds and to cause us to live in fear, so much so that people are unwilling to go. There are churches that are still not open and some churches that have never been able to reopen because the congregations basically fell apart as a result of the response to COVID-19. And so just a reminder that terrible things are happening in the world, but we ought not to be living in fear. and We should fear the Lord. Yep. I guess we can trust China as much as we can trust our government at this point anyway. So, <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we're going to go into a new section where we're going to call Dishonorable Mentions. And these are some bunkers articles that we may not have time to get into or we just didn't feel like to get into them. So we're going to just mention them as Dishonorable Mentions. So I'm going to start. I have a couple here. This is from the Daily Wire. Judge orders UK baby to be taken off life support as parents fight to take her to Italy for treatment. I think this was just totally bonkers on the UK judge part. The Italian government even gave the baby Italian citizenship. The Vatican even offered the parents that they will take care of the baby for free and all these things. And the judge still ordered that the baby taken off of life support and the baby died, I think, a day or two later. Without being able to go to Italy to get life, would have been experimentational treatment, but at least this baby would have had a chance to live if, at least if they had not be so heavy handed in saying that they must take the life support off rather than allowing them to take the baby to Italy. 
So definitely bonkers. Oh my goodness, just terrible. I have another dishonorable mention from Fox News. You talk about the Ivy League professor promotes thought-provoking pro-bestiality study. So here's a Ivy League professor promoting, I guess this is the new sexuality. I guess this is going to be soon be a part of the 2SLGBTQIA. B, I guess they're going to put up another B in there for bestiality. And folks are going to now be saying that they're born that way, they identify that way, and they're attracted to their beasts. Oh, my word. This world has gone bonkers. bonkers. And so, my, my words, within 20 years, this is going to be a thing, and the U.S. government is probably going to be accepting it. Whew. You know, I have to be honest. I used to hear pastors that would say, you know, if you allow homosexuality, you're opening the door to all of these other sexual deviations. And I used to be one of the ones that would think, oh, you know, you're being a little too dramatic, aren't you? But now we're seeing in real time how the promotion of homosexual agenda has opened the door to all these other sexual deviations, all of these deviant practices, so much so that people are even considering bestiality as an option. That's... Yep. Romans 1 playing out right before I was here. And then, of course, I have one from the Daily Mail. And this is concerning the 77-year-old man who was a former U.S. lawmaker living in Panama and gunned down two environmental protesters blocking the road. Oh, I saw this article, actually. No, you know, I don't agree what he did. I think what he did was evil, and he should not have done that. Human lives are valuable. But you know what? At some point, I'm not surprised it happened because these environmentalist folks, you know, have been blocking road, blocking people from getting to the hospital, doing a whole host of things. And I'm not surprised that someone said, as he said, this ends here and open fire. So not condoning what he did, but man, I can't help but say I kind of understand his frustration, but no excuse for what he did. He should not have killed these quote-unquote, innocent protesters. Yeah. Any dishonorable mentions? Before I mention my dishonorable mention, I want to clarify what I just said about, I used to be one of the ones thinking, oh, you know, things are not going to get that bad. Not like I was promoting or condoning homosexual activity. What I mean is that when people say, you know, the domino effect, if you allow this and you're going to allow this, if you're going to allow this, you're going to allow right. that. And I used to be the ones thinking, oh, no, it won't be that bad, but it actually turned out to be that bad. All right. So my dishonorable mention doesn't even hold a candle to the ones you just mentioned. But I thought it was bonkers that a free speech watchdog group declared that California is actually more free in civil liberties and constitutional protections than Florida. And do you want to guess why they believe that? Because Californians actually own more guns than Floridians? <laughs> no, it's because of that so-called, and it's not even called this, but so-called don't say gay bill. Because of the whole don't say gay bill, this watchdog group believes that California is freer, has more freedom of speech, has more constitutional freedoms and rights expressed or protected by the government than Florida, which is absolutely bonkers because the so-called don't say gay bill was actually only telling people, hey, you can't talk about these sexual things in classrooms of fourth grade and below. Later, it was increased to eighth grade as well. But you shouldn't be talking to kids about sexual things anyway. That's not a prohibition on speech. That's just, dare I say, common decency? Uh, I don't. 
Anyway, that's bonkers to me that a group would declare that California is freer than Florida. California that has, <laughs> okay, I won't even go down that path. We all know what California has become under the hand of Gavin Newsom. And so they are declaring that California is freer than Florida simply because of Florida's so-called don't say gay bill. I guess we should move to California. We probably should. Yeah. All right, folks, there you have it. Another set of articles that show that this world is bonkers. But as I've asked in the previous five episodes of This World Has Gone Bonkers, do you agree with us? Do you agree that this world has gone bonkers? Well, then again, I will ask, what are you doing about it? The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. May I encourage you to saturate your Jerusalem with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So maybe through the gospel, we can turn around this bonkers world. This is the Removing Barriers podcast. If the podcast or the blog were a blessing to you, Leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Removing Barriers, a clear view of the cross. Thank you for listening. To get a hold of us, to support this podcast, or to learn more about Removing Barriers, go to removingbarriers.net. This has been the Removing Barriers podcast. We attempted to remove barriers so that we all can have a clear view of the cross.